everybody. We're going to jump in. If you are joining us, joining us on Facebook tonight, uh, whenever, we say it every week and we'll say it again, Joe. It's better in the house. Uh, but we are glad you're here. And uh, let's pray and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. You are glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just. You are magnificent and mighty. You love us more than we could ever love ourselves. And we just give you praise for what you are doing in this place and in our lives. And Father, we thank you for the blessings. And we thank you for what you're doing in this holiday season. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I have been thinking over the past few weeks of where we wanted to go uh, for the next little bit. Um, I know we, we just kind of faded off on uh, training the inner man, but this is kind of still in that, but not. Um, and I, I thought I was going to do this for Sunday's series, and I'll still probably at some point next year uh, do these again uh, for a Sunday morning, but I want to talk about uh, <laughs> I want to talk about faith and what faith is, how we get it, uh, how to how do we maintain. It. Brother Hagen used to say all the time, "You've got to keep the switch of faith turned on." Faith is something you have the ability to turn on and off. Um, and he said, well, I'm not sure. Well, several years ago, people used to have faith in the government, right? And there's still some crazy people out there that still have faith in the government. Uh, but, but we had faith in the government. We have uh, faith in love. We had uh, faith in people. We have faith in friends. We have faith in lawyers. We have faith in doctors. Everybody operates in some kind of faith. And it's so easy when we look at certain things and we look at certain people and we go, oh man, I wish I had faith like Idra. If I just had faith like Idra. And the problem is, is we look at everybody else as the standard of a faith rather than where faith should really be placed. And so we want to judge our faith by, does my faith measure up with what I see Idra accomplishing? Listen, I may not have to ever believe for the things that Idra has to believe for. So why do I want Idra's faith? Come on. I need, to get, I need to get me through the day. I don't need to worry about what gets her through the day. She'll, she, her and God will work that out. But if we all operate in some kind, well, I don't, I don't believe I operate in faith. Sure you do. You ready? Take a deep breath. Now, what did you think was going to happen? When you took a breath, what was going to happen? Your lungs would expand. Air would go in. Air would come. You had faith that your lungs were going to work. Every morning when you get up, you exercise. We all have, but that's a natural faith. But we've got to get back to the place where our faith is put in God and His Word. And nothing or no one could ever change our minds about it. When nothing or no one could ever change our minds about it. And so we're not talking about a natural faith. Brother Hagen, uh, if you don't know who, when I say Brother Hagen, I'm talking about, he is the gentleman that actually uh, 
I guess is considered the grandfather of the Word of Faith movement. Uh, he was the uh, founder of the Bible college that Dee and I went to. His name's Kenneth Hagin. Get every book you can by him. Read everything you can. You won't go wrong, okay? But he used to say this all the time. He said, faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. Faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them in to the realm of reality. Now, here's our problem. We have conflicted faith and hope, and we think they're the same thing. Well, you think, I had somebody come to me one time, and, and uh, they asked Dee and I to pray for him, so we, we prayed for him, and I said, now, what are you going to, uh, how are you going to act when, when you get it? And they said, oh, I hope I do. That's not faith. That's hope. Now, years ago, the words hope and faith could use, be used synonymously, but now there aren't. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, uh, the word hope means to want something to happen. That's not faith. If I want it to happen, it means to want something to happen or to be true. To, and usually have a good reason to think that it might. Well, that sounds all lovely. To want something to happen or to be true and have a general idea that, yeah, it's going to happen. But faith is a whole different animal. When we're talking about this supernatural faith that is in all of us, and I'll show it to you tonight, that you have faith. Problem is, how, well, we'll get there. According to uh, uh, Thayer's uh, dictionary, it says faith is a conviction of the truth of anything. Faith is a conviction of the truth. A conviction is different than a hope. A hope says it may happen, it may not. If I'm convinced... Come on. I know. And there is nothing or no one can talk me out of it. The, the complete word study dictionary says this about faith. It says it's a firm persuasion or a conviction. It is being firmly persuaded. It is a belief in the truth, its veracity, and its reality. Oh, See, faith is when we believe in the reality of the things that we can't yet see. And we know. But see, here's the thing. And I want to say this again later. If we don't know what the Word promises, it's going to be hard to have faith. Because if you don't know what God has promised you, how can you be convinced that it's really going to happen? Now, you can say, well, I believe because Pastor Brent said it. That's not going to get you anywhere. You've got to be convinced because God said it. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, 1. Some of you are still using pages, so I'll wait till I hear them. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 1. Look what he says here. Now faith is, so when is faith? Faith always believes now. Faith never says I'll have it sometime. Faith says I have it now. Now faith is, what is it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for 
And it's the evidence of things not seen. Now, that's the King James Version. Modern English says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hey, I did that pretty good. Faith is the substance. See, it has substance to it. Faith is something you, could, you can't hold on to hope. You grab hold of a hope and, oh, I hope it happens. It just as quickly bleeds through your fingers and is gone with the blowing of the wind. But when you say, I've got faith that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, you are grabbing hold of your God and it is substance. Now, faith is the substance of things we hope for, but it's the evidence. How can you have evidence of something not seen? How can you have evidence of something not seen? Because this kind of faith comes from here. It's when we decide that we are going to trust God and no matter what anybody else says. No matter what anybody thinks, no matter what anybody else thinks about it, I'm going to trust God because this is what God promised me. Now faith is substance of things we hope for and it's the evidence. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified Version. The Amplified kind of defines words a little bit as it reads. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. You know what happens when you have the title deed to something, Kelsey? It means it's yours. Faith determines what's yours. Now faith is the assurance. It is the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Oh. Faith is when we are convinced of the reality of things that we don't see yet. That when we're believing God for something, we are as convinced that it is beside of us as I am convinced that Ted's in front of me. You can't convince me he's not here. You couldn't talk me out of it. Why? I have this conviction. He's there. Guess what? Watch this. You ready? And I still know he's there. I know he's sitting right there. Why? Because I know what situation we're in. See, that's what faith does for us. Faith causes us to say, I can't see the thing I'm believing for. I can't see the thing I'm hoping for. But I know who my God is. And I know what his word has promised me. And I am as sure as the things that I can't see are with me as I am the things that I can see. Oh, how do we get this? You've got it now. Well, how do, let me finish that verse. He says, and it is the conviction of their reality. Faith, oh, I love this. Faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I want to read this out of another translation that goes into a lot of the uh, Greek words called the expanded edition. It says, faith means, Hebrews 11, 1 out of the expanded edition. He says, now faith means being sure, the assurance, or the tangible reality, or a sure foundation of the things we hoped for, and the knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. It is the conviction, the assurance, the evidence about things that we do not see. 
man, faith is so much bigger. I'm telling you, hope says I'll have it someday. Faith says I have it now. Faith says I'll have it someday. I mean, hope says I'll have it someday. Maybe. I have a reasonable idea that I'm going to have it. But faith says it's mine. It's mine now. I take a hold of it now because my God has promised me that. And because he has promised me that, I can rest assured that as sure as my name is Brent Belcher, that my God will come through for me with the thing I'm believing for. Hard part is, is me believing through the bad times. (laughs) Go to Romans chapter 8. I'm really wanting to go to Mark, but not yet. Romans chapter 8. <coughs> For we are saved through hope. Now the word hope there is actually the word faith. Uh, 24, I'm sorry. Romans eight twenty-four. For we are saved through hope. That word hope there is actually the same word for the word faith. For we are saved through hope, but hope that... Oh, get this. Now remember, what's that word mean here? It's not our kind of hope, it's faith. But hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, I don't need faith to believe that Jeff is in the room right now. If I can see it, I don't need faith for it. So when God's talking about us picking up on faith, he's talking about us believing for things that we just don't see yet. That hasn't happened in our lives, in our families, in our friends, in any of that yet. He said, hope that is seen is not hope. For why does a man still hope for what he sees? But But if we hope, if we have faith for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Well, I don't have patience Yes, you do. Because faith produces patience. When you're walking in this kind of faith, it doesn't matter if all hell is broken around you and you're standing up to it knee deep. And if every wall has fell in, (laughs) everything has went crazy, only thing you know is what your God has promised you. And whether you see it Or whether you don't, you're determined that you are going to stand with God no matter what breaks loose. Let the dams break. Let the river come. Let the water. He says, my God will not leave me or forsake me. And i got to trust him there. And i got to believe him there. And so what happens is I'm trusting God. You all have heard the story about me and Dee headed off to Winter Bible Seminar. We saved up all this money to go to Winter Bible Seminar. And uh, like life happens to all of us, the day we're supposed to leave, every bit of the money that we were supposed to go had to be spent on a bill that we didn't realize was out there. Oh, sure, I'm the only one that's ever happened to? Come on. And she asked me, she, we're packed, folks. You got to understand. I come home from work. She, I work night shift. She work day shift. I come home from work. She said, hey, this is what's happened. The money's gone. What are we going to do? Well, I already know God told me to go. I already know God told me where I had to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma in in 14 hours. I knew where I was supposed to be. 
I knew what hotel I was supposed to be at. That, none of that changed. I know where God told me to be. I know what he told me to do. And I know he said he'd get me there. Nothing changed because all of a sudden my money's gone. She said, what are we going to do? I said, I'm going to bed. She said, what? I'm going to bed. I'm going to take a nap. I got to get some sleep before we drive. Folks, let me tell you one of the, if you're believing God for something so big and something big happens to you like that, the best thing you can do, go to bed because you can't stand in faith and panic at the same time. You can't go to, you can't stand in faith and panic at the same time. So go take a nap. Why? Because you'll wake up refreshed, you'll wake up with a clearer head, and you'll be able to stand. I said, I'm going to go lay down. And she said, okay. <laughs> and so I laid down, and she went and did the rest of her, the things that she was supposed to do. So she went to one place, and they handed her some money. She didn't ask for it. See, faith doesn't have to go around telling everybody what it needs. Faith, faith knows what God has promised. It doesn't have to. Let me tell you something. If you find the richest person in the building and you go over beside them and pray out loud, God, I really need my washer fixed. <laughs> oh, God, fix my washer. Oh, God, fix my washer. And then we're, you know, just seeing if they're peeking. That's called manipulation. Actually, that's the same thing as witchcraft. But when I said, I'm going to bed. So she went to the first place she needed to go, and they handed her money without asking for it. She went to another place she needed to go, and they gave her money without asking for it. By the time she got home to wake me up that afternoon, she had collected without asking, without talking about it, more money than we had saved up to go on the trip. <laughs> You know why? Because we knew where God told us to go. And with faith, you will wait for it with patience. So we get to Oklahoma several months later. I cashed in a 401k. Now, I know they tell you don't to do that and all that stuff, but I needed money for tuition. <laughs> I cashed in a 401k, and it never came. I'm supposed to be at the school the next, in, in just a few days. And my 401k is not there, and I don't have the money for us to get into school. All right, we'll just we'll wait on this. We'll wait on this. The day before we go to school, I get a knock on the door, and somebody's standing there with an envelope. I open that envelope, and inside that envelope is another envelope that had been opened with my 401k check in it, and a note that said, I'm sorry. They had stolen that check with the intention of cashing it. But what if I would have panicked? What if I would have just started calling around for, for a man to meet my need? Oh. You think God would have come through that way? There are some times that we're going to have to just stand, that you and I are just going to have to stand and say, I know what God has promised me, and I am not going to let go of this for nothing. Our second year of trying to go to Bible college, we show up, show up at the, at the registrar's office, go in there, say, we're here to check in. 
And they said, we don't have an application for you. We, we did all that before we left for Oklahoma for the summer. They said, we don't have you registered. Okay. <laughs> they said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm talking about orientation starting in 15 minutes. And they said, just go home. We'll look for it. Well, they called me that afternoon. We found your application. Now, some of y'all have heard these stories. So, We found your application. It had fallen under a file cabinet. Well, praise God. Do you got the money to start? Yes. <laughs> Didn't have it. Because things had happened. Life happens, folks. And I said, but I'll have it when it's time to start. He said, well, we gotta go, you gotta, this has got to go all the way up to Pastor Hagen. And I said, okay. They call us. They said, well, they've never done this before, but they're going to let you in. <laughs> can you be here and do you have the money? Yes, we can be there. I didn't answer the other question. <laughs> So what do we do? Dee gets up the next morning. She says, what do we do? <laughs> Listen, when, when we went to Bible college, you had to wear a suit and tie. Well, not you had to wear a tie. She had to wear a dress, past her knees, and hose. Uh, <laughs> I get up. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to put on a suit. So I put the suit on. We never panicked. We show up at the registrar's office. Still didn't have that money. But I know what God told me. God told me to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. God told me where to be. He told me he would take care of me. He told me he would get me there. See, this is what faith does. It allows you to patience. With hope, we wait. With patience, with faith, we patiently wait for it. I got up to the uh, 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 window, and they said, well, what's your name? I said, Brent Belcher, and this little girl stands up all the way across the office. She said, oh, yeah, somebody just called and paid your tuition. Well, praise God, let's go. But what if I panic? You know what panic tells God? That I don't really trust him. See, what faith is, what's it say here about faith? He says in verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait, if, remember that word of hope there is faith. If we have faith for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with patience. Panic and faith don't belong in the same house. You hear me? We're going to get into some of this stuff. So where does faith come from? Listen here what John Wesley said. John Wesley said this about, he said, the devil has given the church a substitute for faith. One that looks and sounds so much like faith that few people can tell the difference. This substitute is called mental assent. And so what happens is a lot of us read God's Word and we hear the promises of God and with our heads we agree, but we never really get convinced in our spirit. I can agree with a lot of stuff in my head that says, oh yeah, that sounds like it makes sense, but it's never really real. 
And see, that's what the enemy has given to the church. We agree with the word in our head, but it never becomes real. Because we don't spend time in the word. We don't pick up the word. I just finished, what, four weeks? Talking about the importance of the word. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. How does, how does your faith grow? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You there? So then faith comes by, say that louder, Renee. Faith comes by hearing. Well, where does hearing come from? And hearing by the word of God. So where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You want to know one of the best things you can do? If you're believing God for something, find you some scriptures about what you're believing for and then let yourself hear your own voice read that out loud. You need to hear the word. It's not enough just to read it. You need to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you allow your own voice to begin to speak what God is saying to you, about you, for you, you are beginning to build and strengthen faith in your life. Everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. Faith just says, I trust God and His Word. And I'll believe even when nobody else is. And I'll believe even when I don't see it. And I'll believe when everybody else has given up. When everybody else is running for the hills. When everybody else is playing Job's wife. Why don't you just quit? I can't. Why? If I quit now, what do I got? What if I'm one day away from believing God for the greatest miracle of my life? And I quit today. But there's something about faith that causes me to just wait with patience. It's okay, I'll just sit right here. But it's all chaos. No, you see chaos. God's working. How do you know God's working? Because he told me he would. He said he'd never see the righteous forsaken or receive begging bread. I'm not worried about me ever going out here and begging bread. He'll never leave me forsaken. I can trust my God to provide for me, to take care of all my needs. I can trust him to care for my children. I can trust him for this because he promised me this. But if I don't know he promises me that, you know what I do? I panic. And I run to Renee, how can we fix my kids? And I run to Karen, how can I fix my kids? And Karen says, I don't know, I can't fix my own kids. <laughs> and so now we're both running around. How, but what words, when we know that word, it's with patience we can sit back. Romans tells us, and I'll probably get into this in a couple of weeks, that it is given to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. A lot of times we get that quoted wrong. It's given to every man a measure of faith. No. It's given to everybody. Everybody has the same. You know you have the same amount of faith as I got. It, 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 faith is like a muscle. Everybody has it. These little ones over here, in their own little world over here, they have the exact 
amount of muscle as I do. They have the same muscles. The difference is, me and Arnold Schwarzenegger had the same amount of muscle. Me and Lou Ferrigno has the same amount of muscle. We have the same muscles. The difference is, they put time and effort into theirs. <laughs> and I didn't. That's what we do with faith. Everybody has. I, I, tell, I love telling these stories like this. I could tell you about the time uh, we didn't have enough tuition. Let me tell you, if you ever want to know how, how to believe for finances, go to Bible college. <laughs> Let me tell you. We didn't have enough. And so we pulled out what we had. And what they would tell you is if you, a, man, a husband and wife don't have enough, make sure the husband goes to class and the wife can learn from him at home. That was just their, that was their suggestion. So we sat down, counted it out. <coughs> There's enough and a little bit left over, but not enough for us to go to school. And we talked and we prayed. And we said, okay, God, we know what you've promised us and we know where you've told us to be. Count it again. We counted again. There's a little bit more money there this time. Still enough. So I told this, it counted again. We counted again. There's a little bit more. We sat there that morning counting money, watching God cause it, watching God cause it to grow until there was enough for my tuition, her tuition, and lunch. And then it quit. Oh, trust me, I was pushing it. Count it again. It's nothing, it's not different. Count it again. It's nothing different. God doesn't love me so special that he wouldn't do the same for you. And the faith that I had to get there is the same faith that's in you right now. The difference is we have to start exercising it. How do we exercise faith? We start believing God for things. Things that we thought were impossible. Things we cannot see. Promises that we hear that's in the Word. We come out of Bible college. She's pregnant. Fun. I left the director's position of respiratory therapy to leave Oklahoma. Wave goodbye to the hospital. Come back to a town where the hospital was not hiring nobody because of other stuff. She's pregnant. I'm like, oh, Lord. And all of a sudden, Sydney decides to come. I don't know how many weeks early, six, seven, eight weeks, something. And we're standing there, and she gives birth. Well, this is after she flatlined a couple times. You know what it's like when they throw you an Ambu bag and have you bagging your wife while they're starting CPR on her? That's Sydney's born. She weighed three pounds, eight ounces. Lost eight ounces in the first few hours of her life from her butt to the back of her head would fit in the palm of my hand. They had said they was going to do a brain scan on her 
but I couldn't get a nurse or a doctor or anybody to tell me what the results were. And working in the hospital, I know what that means. And I turn around and look at this, and they're getting ready to give us bad news. God promised he'd take care of her. God promised he'd come through. We don't take nothing else. I called people, Renee, and said, this is what we're believing for. And if you can't, if you can't believe with me for this, and you can't stand in faith with me for this, don't pray for her, please. Oh, you, Galen, you know how many people I made mad? See, I know what my God had said to me, and I know the faith that we had to stand. They come back and told us she had four-plus brain bleeds on both sides of her head. They take us in a little room and tell us what she wouldn't be able to do. And they looked at me and Danny said, do you all understand what we're saying? I said, oh yeah, I understand what you're saying. But that's not the word I got. And so with faith, we patiently waited until they did the test and said, oh wait, these are correcting themselves. And so when they decided they were going to say, well, she may never live up to her potential. Do you know when she went to college and got a volleyball scholarship, how bad I wanted to go back to that doctor and say, hey, remember this? <laughs> but what does faith do? Faith keeps you from, if you go through a lot of panic over believing God for things and things that you're hoping for, I'm telling you, spend time, start today believing God for little things. It's like a muscle. Build it up. Are you with me? Go to Mark chapter 11. Listen, I am no one special. D is no one special. What God did for us, he is excited to do for you. We just happened for two years to live in an, in a, in an atmosphere where this is all they talked about. Faith was all they talked about. <laughs> and it was easy. Well, that's what we want you to be. A place where faith is easy. And trust me, the moment you think you can believe for something big, something bigger's coming. And you're going to have to believe for that too. Uh, Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to look at it in a few minutes. That is not a good translation of that scripture. But for now. And Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. He said, truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things he says shall come to pass, he will have what? Whatever he says. And then he goes on to say, for whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you realize what this is saying? Let's just take it real slow. First he said, and Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, anybody ever faced a mountain in your life? An issue that is so big you wonder how you're going to get past it. He tells you how to get past it. 
Whosoever says to this mountain, if you've got to open your mouth and talk to your mountain, you cannot just look at your mountain and hope it away, cross your fingers and think it goes away. You speak to your mountain. Whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his. So guess where doubt does come? Doubt can happen here. Doubt can happen here. You just don't let it get in here. Because here's where it starts your faith. Doubt comes in your head all the time. I wake up some days and doubt I'm even a, a Christian, yet alone a pastor of a church. Don't look at me that way. You'd think the same thing. He said, whosoever says this mountain be picked up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the thing that he what? Says. We're going to talk about confession sometime. It's scriptural. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, don't doubt in his heart, but shall believe the things he says, what's that? He'll have them. This is where faith comes in. It started with faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. What does faith in God do? And he goes on in verse 24 and says, For whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, here's why I want to tell you verse 22 is not really an accurate translation. You know, I love Greek and Hebrew words. Galen does too. That word, have faith in, it's actually the word en, E-N. Well, it's not an E, it's a weird Greek letter. It's the word of. So what it actually says, and Jesus said, verily said to them, have the faith of God. Not the faith of Marcy, because the faith of Marcy couldn't believe her way out of a wet paper bag. So what did he do? He brought Jesus on the scene and gave us the Holy Spirit on the inside of us where now it's given to every man the measure of faith. And so you draw from the faith of God that is in you. Thank God I don't have to determine on my own faith. If I had to wait on my own faith, uh, Ted, I'd run. He said, have the faith of God. God. Or we could say it this way, have the God kind of faith. Well, what does the God kind of faith do? The God kind of faith steps out on the edge of nothing and says, earth. Oh, that's a mess. Sea, land, hills, birds, lions, tigers, bears, oh my. He spoke everything into existence. What did he tell us here? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be there and move them, will cast and see, and shall not doubt in their heart, but shall believe that those things which he says, he will have whatsoever he says. The God kind of faith speaks. God had faith. He knew the words he said were going to produce something. So Joe, what's he tell me and you to do here? To have the God kind of faith. 
Let me read this to you out of the Passion Translation. (laughs) And Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Let the faith of God be in you. And before you think, well, that's that Passion Translation, that's one of those newfangled ones. Did y'all know at one time the King James Version was a newfangled one too? In 1380, Wycliffe's New Testament was finished. You know what it said, Bob? Have the faith of God. In 1599, the Geneva Bible was produced. These are all before the King James Version. You know what it read, Jeff? Have the faith of God. And you can go in almost every translation from King James on that's been changed to in. He wants you to have his kind of faith. What does his faith do? His faith believes that what it says is going to happen. I just, just for giggles here, anybody know what language Jesus spoke? Are y'all getting anything out of this? You know what language Jesus spoke? Aramaic. So I'm going to read it to you out of the Aramaic Bible. This is the Peshitta Bible. <laughs> this is Aramaic. He said, Yeshua answered, and he said to them, May the faith of God be in you. For amen, I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be lifted up and fall into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things which he says, anything that he says shall be done for him. Therefore, I say to you that everything that you pray and ask, believe that you are receiving. Believe you are receiving. And you shall have. My problem is, is I don't always believe I'm received it. I'm hoping it'll come. You know one of the quickest ways to reveal my faith? One of the quickest ways to reveal you what you're really having faith for? What you talk about is what you have faith in. If it's gloom, despair. <laughs> well, guess where my faith is? It's in the gloom, it's in the despair, it's in the agony, it's in the negative. Your words will reveal your faith. So is it coming from your head? Are you just agreeing up here? Or are we getting it in our spirit? Go to John chapter 20. Are you, are you, am I, are you understanding some of this? Some of this may, you may be new to some of you, I don't know. But this is going to be a fun next few weeks because there's faith giants here and God's ready to turn them loose. John chapter 20, verse 24. This is the story, uh, uh, un, unfortunately, this is the story of most of us, myself included sometimes. John twenty twenty four. But Thomas, one of the twelve, these are one of his best buds, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. 
So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and I put my finger in the, in the nail prints and I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. That's the way a lot of us treat the Word of God. Okay, I see every, Ted, I see all the promises. I see everything he says to me. I see that he promises uh, uh, that he'll prosper me. I see the, the promise that he has for me and that he doesn't want a curse for me, that he wants promises for me, that he promises healing, that he promises uh, 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 deliverance, that he promises prosperity. And don't get your head twisted on prosperity. It's not what a lot of people think it is. Um, I see those and I hear what the words say. I just can't believe it. Because I see all the other hurt out here in the world. And if that was true about God, why is all this out here? Why is all this going on? I wish I could tell you, but I want to tell you one thing. That we live in a world that don't understand who God is either. And when we walk outside of what God has called us to walk in, it's just chaos. Look what happened to Adam and Eve when they started to walk outside of what God called them to walk in. What did they walk into? Chaos. He said, and, and so that's the story of a lot of us. Unless I see it, I can't believe it. And even when I look at it in the Word, it's verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside with the door shut. And Thomas was with them, and Jesus come and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. Look at my hands. Put your hand here and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. What did he call him here? Faithless. Faithless had to have proof first. Man, how many times have I been faithless? That I had to have the proof first. Oh, once I got it, I'll praise God. I get a new car, I'm going to praise God like crazy. But he says, if I believe that it's right in front of me, like we talked about, even if I can't see it, wouldn't I start praising God for it now? Wouldn't I praise God like I've already got it? There's a story Chuck Swindoll used to tell of uh, he got a letter and he, his woman uh, said, I need, you to, I need to talk to you about my son. He said, well, what do you mean? She said, every night he's going to bed with a bikini on the, over the foot of his bed. I'm worried. And he started laughing and he started remembering a story that he heard of a young girl who wanted to be married, who knew God was calling her to her husband. She went out and bought her wedding dress, hung it up, and every evening, every night, thanked God for the man that would cause her to fill that dress. So this young man got the same idea. He went out and bought the bikini, put it over the foot of his bed, and thanked God every evening that he felt that he'd send somebody to fill it. See, faith will cause you to praise when everybody else is telling you to give up. Faith will cause you to praise when you can't see it.
Faith will cause you to thank God even though you don't have it in front of you yet. But you know what God's promised you. You know where God has, has, has given to you. And so you go forward and believing God no matter what. Folks, this is all God wants to do for you. This is what God wants to do for all of us. He told Thomas, he said, don't be faithless but believing. And Thomas said, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said to Thomas, because, Thomas, you, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And we know he's talking about the future of the world that, that's, that's receiving him and receiving salvation without ever seeing Jesus. But it works for faith. Blessed are those who haven't seen it and still believe. Go to Romans chapter 4. If this is your first night to deep dives, <laughs> welcome. We like the word. Romans 4, verse 17. I love this. Sip. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Before God, whom he believed, and who raises the dead. Who raises the dead? God. And call, see, we get this idea that Abraham calls those things that be not as though they were. And so we want to talk to, our, talk to everybody else. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. That's not talking about us. It's talking about Abraham believing God. And God is the one who raises the dead. And he is the one who calls those things that be not as though they were. And then he turns around and told us to have his faith. And so what does his faith do? Calls those things that be not as though they were. I can't just call whatever I want as though it were. I've got to understand how God works in this thing. I've got to understand that it's him who's doing these things, not me who's doing these things. That it's his faith working, and he gave it to me to operate in. And he gave it to you. And no matter how, well, I just don't have faith. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Everybody's got faith. <laughs> Verse 19. Who against hope, against all hope, he believed in hope. You know what the complete word study dictionary says about that, that phrase? Because that kind of confused me, Galen. I said, who against all hope, believed in hope. Well, the, 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 the complete word study dictionary says that that phrase is kind of weird because it actually means and being full of hope and confidence. That's where Abraham landed. He was full of hope and confidence. He was full of hope and confidence that he may become the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. What was he doing? He was operating in full hope and full confidence of what God had promised him. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body to be dead because he was about a hundred 
nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. <laughs> he didn't say, I'm 100 years old, she's 99, there's no way these two bodies are going to get together and produce a baby. He said, you know what, I ain't paying attention to how old I am. He said, I'm going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to be the father of many nations. I don't care how old Sarah is, that lady is going to carry a baby. And so, what do we have? We have somebody resting in faith. Look at the next verse. It says, he wavered not. He did not waver. King James Version says, he staggered not at the promises of God. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And what does strong in faith cause you to do? It causes you to praise, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded. All the definitions we've looked at, we find right here. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. So rather than his own circumstances, he was fixed on the promises of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Everybody knows this one. This one's easy. When I start it, everybody will know it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. You ready? For we walk by faith and not by sight. What's he saying? Our call is to walk by the faith of God and not by the things we see, not by the things we perceive. Real faith is built on the Word of God. The Word of God is the foundation of all of our faith. Joshua chapter 1. We're flying through them now, Jody. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 8, NIV version this time. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth if you're reading King James. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Until we are sure... Of what God's word says, we will never really be able to have faith in it. If you're not sure, we have to know what the word promises before we can be convinced that God wants to bring it in our life. This is why the word is so important. We'll skip that one. What's the result of faith? The result of faith, Hebrews eleven six, and we're going to close right here. Hebrews eleven six. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't have faith. Yes, you do. We're going to look at that over these next couple of weeks. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, if you're reading the MEV, that he exists. And here's something else you have to believe about God. You ready? And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Our problem is we have taught people for way too long that God is a punisher, that God is a judge, God is a juror, and we've very little shared that he is a rewarder. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must first believe that he is, or else why would you be there? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A rewarder of those. What's the key? We have to seek him. In him is the faith we're looking for. In him is the faith we need. And when we're in him, we can believe for all things. And when everything else is going wrong, Joe, I can sit back and say, it's all right. I know the promise of God. I know the promise of God. And Ted, whenever it's gotten to this point in my life, he's never let me down. Now, there's been things I tried to believe for that I shouldn't have been believing for. And they, guess what? I didn't get those. But when I knew what his word said, when I knew what his word said, he promises that we can do it. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you. Let your word jump off the page and into our spirit tonight, Lord. Let it be everything that we need. And Father, let us exercise faith. As we strengthen our faith, as we cause our faith to grow, as we become more and more like you in it. In Jesus' glorious, wonderful name. Amen? Hey, if you want a study guide of...